Hello, hello, g'day, g'day. My name is Kath, great to meet you. If I've not met you, great to meet you too, I hear you say. Um, it is really good to be with you today. Um, as may have been mentioned before, we are in a sermon series called The Path to Fruitfulness. There is this beautiful visual I find very pleasing over here. Um, and last week, Emma Heddle shared with us um, we have been looking at John 15. So if you've got your Bibles, you may want to grab them or if it's on your phone, open up to John 15. Um, we have been looking at this really key teaching that Jesus gives his disciples about what it looks like to have life in him that will bear fruit and Jesus uses this picture of the vine and the branches. He says that God the Father is the gardener, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. And again and again, he says, remain in me, remain in me. And when he repeats himself like that, it kind of suggests that this is quite important to listen, to take that in. And last week, Emma focused on what it means to remain in Jesus. It's kind of a bit of an out there um, concept. And she talked about abiding in him, that it means to abide ultimately in the father's love, um, that instead of seeking our own autonomy, we need to put practices and behaviors in place that will grow and nurture our intimacy with God, that that is what's going to lead us to fruit and becoming like him and doing the things that he did. Sounds good. So today we are going to look at another aspect of this passage. So we're just sitting in this passage for a while, really taking a, a seat, taking a good look. And the aspect we're going to look at today is the part where Jesus talks about pruning. If you don't know what pruning is, it's about chopping things off. Um, so we're going to go there now. It's actually at the very beginning of chapter 15. So we might bring it up now. And Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I don't know about you, but when I read this, it, it kind of is a bit like, ooh, ouch, this sounds a little bit challenging actually. If anyone has seen gardeners pruning um, plants pruning maybe a rose bush, um, it can actually be quite brutal and a little bit alarming. I often think when I'm watching that of like, oh, they've really gone too far. Actually, um, that's actually wrecked the plant. That's what I usually think. I'm clearly not a gardener, but that's what I think because the plant usually looks really stripped back and quite bare, um, hardly recognisable. And Maybe even just like a sorry little stump is left <laughs> and it just, it kind of looks a bit embarrassing. And I, I sense that many of us um, in recent times have been undergoing a spiritual pruning, both individually and as a church. We have experienced a stripping back, an exposing, a testing, and we may even feel like we are hardly recognisable. All gardeners, I'm not a gardener, but all gardeners will know that pruning is really important as that cutting back actually allows the nutrients and energy of the plant, the life of the plant, if you like, to flow where it's meant to. 
It cuts off the unnecessary things that will not bring life and things that are actually dead and should not be part of the plant are completely removed. And Jesus is saying here that as we abide in him, as we are connected to him, that pruning will regularly occur for the purpose of us bearing the fruit that he intends for our lives and for the life of our church family. The word that Jesus uses here for prune in Greek, don't think of a prune, think of prune, um, actually, <laughs> actually means to clean. So that another, um, it, it, another word for that just means to clean. So Jesus is talking about us being cleaned or refined. And when we remain in Jesus and when we are submitting to his word, when we are in communion with his Holy Spirit and rooted to his love, the things that don't belong will be exposed in the light of his presence and any heart attitudes, behaviours or patterns that are not leading to his kingdom life will either need complete removal or refining. Jesus says um, to his disciples that they are already clean because of the word he has spoken to him, to them. And that means that we are ultimately made clean and righteous once and for all by putting our trust in Jesus and his word. Yet there is also this ongoing daily cleansing. Another word for it is sanctification. It's a big word. It's a bit of a churchy word. Why don't you go and Google it later? But sanctification um, happens in continual relationship with Jesus and his spirit. And just like pruning, it's something that continually needs to to happen in order for us to be fruitful. So how do we embrace this pruning process? Well, I think it's really important to understand a few things about it. And the first thing is this. God prunes us because he loves us. I'm just going to say that again. God prunes you because he loves you. A good gardener prunes a vine because he knows what is best for that plant. The pruning will help it grow in the right direction and become as fruitful as possible. And God is a good father. As Emma spoke about last week, the reason he wants to prune us is so that we can experience his love and his life in greater abundance which he says in verse 11 of this passage will bring us joy. He says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. His motivation is love. His motivation is for our good. Being pruned or refined by God therefore means we are loved, that he is treating us as a father treats a beloved child that he cares about us enough to nurture, to guide, to shape us in order to lead us to maturity, to fruitfulness, to joy. And so God's pruning is for our good individually, for the good of our church family and for the good of those outside the church who don't yet know Jesus and need to know that they have a good father. This fruit will bring life to everyone. And I just want to say here, I think it's really important to note that when the father highlights things in us that don't belong, that he wants to cut back, 
His voice is never one of condemnation. He convicts us. He never shames us. That is not in his nature. His voice is one of love and it's inviting us into more life, to learn from him, to abandon our ways and submit to his better ways. And I feel like for some of you, you may not have been able to receive loving correction and guidance from God without reacting against it. Maybe there is a fear of condemnation or rejection. Maybe you haven't had sort of parenting where um, that, that doesn't shame you in that way. But can I say that is not the Father's heart for you. That is not what he will do. He will only lead you into more freedom as you allow him to shape you in that way. And I feel that today he wants to speak to some of you directly into that fear, directly maybe into that shame. So the second thing we need to know about pruning is that it can feel like death, but it leads to life. Often refining occurs in the context of suffering. When we are in pain, when we feel lack and when we have need. That kind of sums up our our last year, doesn't it? All of our idols and our false comforts get exposed. Where we see really clearly where we don't really trust God. Where we have turned to other things for security, for comfort, for identity. There is nowhere to hide in those times. We can be so aware of our own weakness. But Jesus is so familiar with pain and suffering and with refining. At the start of his ministry, before he he did any of the cool things that we read about, he was led into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days and was hungry and alone. But he was so grounded in his father's love and in his word that while he was tempted by Satan to turn to other things in his pain and in his discomfort, he didn't. And this was what led him into a greater level of authority and power as he chose to remain in God's love. This is an encouragement to us that if we remain in him in these wilderness or testing times, It will lead to greater maturity, to authority and to power. And pruning feels like death because it is. It is death. It is death to parts of ourselves. If you don't know what I mean by the feeling of death, maybe just think of a time where God has asked you to forgive someone who has really hurt you and maybe continues to hurt you. That feels like death. Death is, the death is to our autonomy. It's death to our right to do things our way, to seek comfort or life or justice in our way, to take matters into our own hands. It's a surrendering, a submitting to his refining fire. And I just feel in this that there may be some watching who have felt like God is not at work Um, because and and maybe that you've done something wrong because it's been so hard and so painful lately and I just want to say that that is a lie that isn't true God has not brought this suffering upon you but he is inviting you to know him in it 
There are new opportunities in this time to trust him, to let him heal you and remove things from you that will not bring you life. In James chapter one, it says that the trials we go through lead to perseverance, which results in maturity of faith. Another word for maturity is fruitfulness and pruning is how we get there. The third thing to know about pruning is pruning is preparation for the season ahead. So the thing about pruning is that we won't actually see the results right now. The pruning now will bring about fruit in the next season. There is trust involved that it's worth the discomfort now, that he will be faithful to bring about his work to completion. And I don't know about you, but if I look back on my life, it's often the hardest seasons the times where I chose to remain in Jesus in the midst of pain and uncertainty, that it's actually years later sometimes that I, I see and experience the fruit from that time, the maturity in my faith that has come from persevering in that time. I recall a time over 10 years ago now where I felt probably my most alone. I'd just been through a breakup um, the church that I'd been part of planting fell apart in quite a messy way. Most of my friends had turned away from faith. And I remember just sitting in my room on my own and saying, Jesus, even if it's just you and me from now on, that will have to be enough. And it was at that time that I began to experience an intimacy where, with him where I knew he was cutting things off in me that I hadn't realised that I'd put before him. He dealt with my pain. He dealt with unforgiveness that I was holding on to. And it was really hard. And I had to choose again and again to trust him in that loneliness, in the confusion and in the pain. But looking back... I now can testify to his faithfulness that that time has made my faith stronger as a result. I believe we are in a pruning time at KXC. I believe we have been for a while and there is opportunity now for a refining that has the potential to bring abundant life in the next season if we will go with it, if we will be shaped by him, if we will allow the spirit of God to cut those things off us, the things that don't belong. And if we do, I believe it's going to lead to great joy in the next season. The question is, if we want to be the community or the family that God calls us to be, full of the life that he has for us, what things do we need to allow him to cut off in us? Because the church is you and it's me. It's not just the leaders that you see up the front here. It's not just the people on the staff team. And the unfruitful things that we allow to remain part of each of us affects what kind of community we can be as a whole and the fruit that we will be able to see. As I prayed about this, 
I, I identified some areas in me that I sense God putting his finger on that he wants to prune. And this is in order for me to receive or for us to receive life in this next season. And I think some of these could be true more broadly. So some of these things are apathy in relation to prayer and in relation to evangelism and what God can do. A victim mentality, a narrative that I don't have any power, which leads to self-pity and blame of others fear of those unlike me, causing me to distance myself from becoming truly connected and, and friends with people different to me, criticism and judgment, addiction to comfort, an aversion to taking risk and stepping out in faith, striving and activism. That means doing things in my own strength rather than depending on God and looking for measures of success that are not his measures. Comparison, leading to resentment of others, to insecurity, to disunity. Individualism, the pursuit of my individual right to happiness, satisfaction and getting what I want in life. Consumerism, and I particularly felt like this was coming into the church that church becoming more about what I get out of it, the focus being about meeting my needs rather than me serving and giving myself to a family, and unforgiveness leading to bitterness, to resentment and to disunity. And I'm owning that as things that are alive and present in my heart at different times. And I just feel like, KXC, it's time to open up ourselves to the spirit, for him to point out what it is in our hearts. You may relate to some of the things I've just mentioned, or it may be that God is showing you something different. It may be that your heart started beating fast or there's just something in the back of your mind. Um, it could be an addiction or a behaviour that you just know is not leading to life. But whatever Jesus is highlighting, know that his invitation to repentance, and that means to turn away from our ways, those behaviours, and turn towards him, it's because he loves you. It's because he loves us. He doesn't want to leave us where we are. He has so much more for us. He has so much more life for us. And the fruit in the next season will be sweet if we cooperate with him, if he, we partner, we say, yes, God, I surrender. Yes, God, would you come with your fire? The fruit I believe God wants to bring to KXC in the next season, and we're at a significant time, you know, we're about to start meeting in person and things are changing. But more than that, I just think it's a completely new season. Things are not going to look the same. But I believe that God wants us to become this compelling community that is full of diversity of every kind, um, that everyone will be cared for, where there is unity of spirit, where we are quick to forgive, where we're committed to each other, where we put the needs of others first. I long to see a contagious holiness in our community, a people who are surrendered and set apart um, to God in every area of life. 
living differently to the culture around us. A community that is full of compassion, that has the heartbeat of the Father for those who are broken, in need, lonely, oppressed, that those people could come in and find healing and freedom and belonging. A community where we all sacrifice, where that is just part of being in him, where we're willing to lay down our lives for each other. I want to see miracles. I'm so hungry for that. I want to see supernatural healing and provision and salvation and deliverance from demonic oppression, encounters with the spirit regularly that will change lives forever. I want that to be our normal. I want to be in a community where we are creative and curious and adventurous and dare to follow wherever the spirit leads us even into the unknown, where we take our hands off the controls, where we don't fall back into default ways that don't lead to life, where we become people of the spirit. And I want to see many, many, many people be drawn in be drawn in and discover the goodness of God and be grafted into the true vine that is Jesus, the only one who can give life, the only one who can give life. 